I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio is Basha Silverman, the CEO of Jewish Family Services and relatively new CEO, I believe, right? Welcome, Basha. Thank you. It's so great to have you here today. Um, let's start just briefly for our listeners, uh, having you provide a little bit of background about Jewish Family Services, you know, who you are and what the organization focuses on. Sure. Thank you again for having me today. Um, it is my privilege to talk about Jewish Family Services and what we do. Uh, Jewish Family Services of Delaware is a full social service agency serving everyone, not just the Jewish community, a common misconception. Uh, our programs range from assisting families through transitions to helping children grow stronger and to providing the highest quality um, therapeutic care we can through our clinical counseling programs. We have offices in Wilmington, Newark, and Lewis, Delaware. And we're here today to talk about a, a film series uh, that you're involved with called Movies That Matter, The Refugee Experience. But before we talk about the film series, let's talk about the work Jewish Family Services does as the only, I understand, the only organization in Delaware contracted to work with the resettlement of refu refugees here in Delaware. Is that correct? Yes. That is correct. Let's hear about that work, because just off air, I mean, I, or all, yeah, uh, all, before we went on the air, I, I was fascinated with just some of the background you started to give me. Okay, sure. Yes. I mean, again, I'm grateful to be on the, on the radio talking about this, because that is the purpose of our, our event, to raise awareness, educate the community, um, and provoke some meaningful dialogue around refugee resettlement. So, as you mentioned uh, Jewish Family Services is the only organization in the state of Delaware resettling refugees that are part of the International Refugee Resettlement Program. Right now, we are experiencing a refugee crisis unlike any other um, that we've, we've seen in our, in our lifetimes. Um, it is uh, grossly and, and extremely uh, high, dangerous levels of um, displaced people. Uh, there are over 65 million forcibly displaced people around the world today. Um, only a fraction of them are actually in what is called the formal refugee resettlement program. Of those that are in the formal refugee resettlement programs, they're waiting on refugee camps uh, all over the world to go through what is oftentimes multiple years of extreme vetting um, to uh, ensure secure um, permanency in a new country. Uh, JFS is contracted by an, a volunteer resettlement agency known as HIAS. This is an international, uh, this is a national agency, one of nine in our country responsible for all of the refugees worldwide that are, are allocated to the U.S. Um, HIAS, one of nine, has 18 affiliates in the U.S., and we are one of those 18, so we're the only folks in Delaware doing this. Um, we are privileged to do this. This is very intense work. Uh, we learn, because of the great tumult that is going on, we often learn about two weeks before travel that um, a case is coming. This gives us very little time to pull together the resources to ensure that they have a safe, comfortable home to arrive in and literally get them off the plane. Uh, how we do that 
is we um, have engaged a huge core of generous and dedicated volunteers, many of whom we've connected with through uh, the faith communities of various churches across the state, um, synagogues, um, mosques, uh, regardless of their religious affiliation, people that are committed to helping us do this. We rally a team for each traveler or each traveling family, and that team works hard to identify an apartment which is hard to do. Mm -hmm. um, landlords aren't typically uh, uh, going to approve a lease for someone who has no work history, no credit, mm -hmm. no money. Mm -hmm. um, but through connections, which is the beautiful Delaware way, uh, we're able to secure an apartment. Those volunteers uh, pull the list together to furnish that apartment, decorate that apartment, make sure that there is food in the refrigerator that matches their unique cultural um, meal needs, food needs. Um, and then our responsibility as the professional social workers is to make sure that they have access to all the resources um, they need immediately. Health care, um, job training, uh, connecting them to um, uh, English as a second language courses. And to do that, we've teamed up with Literacy Delaware. They have also been beyond generous in helping us provide ESL a tremendous amount of hours to the folks that have come. And uh, since January, we've welcomed 24 people. Um, and I want to say five of them have been babies. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I was telling you before we went on the air, uh, it's so moving to me and touching that these babies, many of them, all of them were conceived in refugee camps, born in refugee camps. Um, we believe at Jewish Family Services, and so do the many volunteers that help us, that every child deserves to grow up in a safe and stable, safe and stable, stable environment, and that's what we're charged to do. Now, I would assume that that your volunteers, you must have a range of uh, expertise represented by your volunteers. Everything from uh, people that can deal with those issues of, of food and housing. Uh, I'm sure some of the refugees are, br are bringing school-aged children with them, so it's connecting to oh, schools. And, and as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the language barriers that many come with. And, and trying to, uh, uh, am I right that as, as refugees come in, you try to find uh, connections for them with uh, people of similar background? Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. So. While we learn of travel plans two weeks before, we know about the case oftentimes months before. So we have um, cases in our pipeline where we can we have um, you know democratic demographic information ab about them, what they're trained in, what their you know what their past um, in, uh, um, employment was. You know if they're bankers, if they're doctors, if they're dentists. Um, how, how old their children are, what, what language they speak, if they speak any English at all, and certainly their country of origin, which is not the country that they're traveling to us from. You cannot be considered a refugee unless you leave your country of origin. So for those people living in refugee camps, they're living in foreign land for those years. Um, but an example, we, had a, we have um, a, couple, a few cases from Eritrea, which is a country north of Ethiopia. And when we learned about those folks, before we was called assured them, which meant we, we say yes, we will accept that, that case, 
um, we had to make sure that there was an Eritrean community here to welcome them. We wouldn't want them to come to Delaware and be the only Eritrean family. Um, that would be the only reason we wouldn't assure them. And when we do that, when we do that research and we do that homework and we find that community, oftentimes that's where we find the interpreters, that's where we find the drivers, um, that's where we find the folks that can help us prepare the, the right meals, connect them to the right food, um, and uh, that, that warmth and connection, connect, connect them to their houses of worship or their local community centers. Um, it's not, those aren't the only folks that we, mm -hmm. we connected mm -hmm. the Eritrean families mm -hmm. to, but we absolutely 100% relied on them. Right. Now, does it primarily work where Hyas approaches you and says, we have a refugee family, would you be able to take them? Or exactly how, how Is that how it works? So we're contracted and we have a threshold of um, numbers that we uh, agreed on that we could take. So last year it was 50. We said we could take up to 50. So every time they have a case that they feel is right for Delaware, they communicate with us and for and give us, I want to say a week, to assure that case. And that's when we do the digging and find out, is there is there an Eritrean community here? Mm -hmm. And um, are, are we fit? Do we have the capacity to do this? And we've not said no yet. How do you determine what the capacity is? I'm, I'm curious. Is it just by the, your volunteer force or? Yeah, we are a force. We're 120 <laughs> years old, and right. this is Delaware. Yeah. So we just we put the call out uh -huh. mean, between Facebook and texting, and yeah, you just for example, the way that we got connected with the Eritrean community is a professor at UD who's hmm. Eritrean, okay. you know, and mm -hmm. somebody says, "There's a professor here who's mm -hmm. Eritrean," mm -hmm. and then it was a phone call. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how it works in Delaware. Now, we were talking uh, before we went on the air about the, uh, the range of, of refugees. And you, you mentioned it's, it's in the millions, uh, and, but the ones that are processed through this formal process uh, is, is just a small, com about, uh, small component a of that. About a quarter of a million. Now, what is what, what is the range you've seen either coming into Delaware or those that you're aware of in, not to sound crass, but in the pipeline, you know, trying to get into the country? What is the range of backgrounds just professionally or, you know, e economically that they represent? Yeah, that's a great, that's because I, I, I think, you know, when we think refugee, we always think of the impoverished, you, you know, whatever. Right. But the, the range is, yeah. is phenomenal. So I'll tell you, um, everyone that we have, every adult that we have um, brought in, there is generally the male and sometimes the female adult are professionals, are credentialed, uh, trained, um, graduate level trained, um, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say affluent, but all of them uh, had careers, had uh, substantive lives, um, and they come here and their credentials aren't recognized. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so, but they want to work, you know. So that's why that English is so. I mean, hours and hours of English as a second language class is off are offered to them through our partnership with. Um, Literacy Delaware, without them, I mean, these folks wouldn't be moving so quickly towards um, stabilization because it's not until they speak English that they can actually get jobs that they are trained to do. Mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, you know so another the very first family that we brought in I was so excited I'm I'm at the Philadelphia airport and we're waiting for them at the gate and they come with six suitcases we knew they had a baby we knew they were they had been in Thailand for years the baby's got of the winter coat, the babies, they've got they've got the stroller for the baby, and they had what they needed, you know, um, immediately. Mm -hmm. I had in my car, I had the I had the stroller, I had the coat for the baby, and mm -hmm. I think even me, I expected them to be coming with nothing. Right, right. Um, in a sense, they have their 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 minds, they have their motivation, their drive to succeed. They have. Uh, limited um, possessions they need the, like these families need bunk beds you know these two little children two little girls arrived we got them bunk beds you can't travel with that mm -hmm. um, they definitely need support they don't necessarily need a slew of material things Mm -hmm. Well, I, I want to pursue this uh, further, but first remind our listeners that you're tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest in the studio today is the CEO of G Jewish Family Services, Basha Silverman. We're talking about uh, the work that JFS does with uh, bringing refugees, integrating refugees into uh, Delaware's uh, uh, communities uh, and and a related film series that we'll get to momentarily. Basha, I just wanted to uh, touch on one other aspect of of the the range of refugees that that you deal with and that that really is is a global. Uh, crisis, and, and that is that we, you know, we often think of the political refugee, but there are so many different reasons for a person being a refugee, and and as as we mentioned earlier, we don't think of this, but the refugee really is coming from what has been a situation of homelessness. Uh, could you speak to the range of causes of the refugee crisis? Sure. I mean, most of the time we're talking about. Um, you know, innocent bystanding civilians that are trapped in communities um, where there's war, civil war, um, uh, threat of genocide, and then sometimes we don't we don't think about this. Although as Americans, we've been forced to think about this recently: natural disaster. Um, nat natural disaster creates thousands millions of refugees um, and I, I can't underscore uh, it any 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 more than than I have that they're literally innocent bystanders from countries all over the world and they're also I believe probably economic refugees those that you know from agricultural regions of the world that are facing drought or whatever and the agriculture is dried up and they're they're forced to mm -hmm. to move off of their land so just a whole and range yeah those that are in the refugee resettlement programs these are folks that understand what it means to be in the refugee resettlement program and independently most of the time seek it out as an option it is a safe secure uh, option for them albeit it takes years to go through but these are the folks that we're welcoming in delaware through jewish family services relationship with highest are not people that are paying smugglers to put them on boats 
Um, these are, they're not political asylum seekers. These are um, bona fide refugees. Going through a very rigorous process. Very rigorous. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Biometrics, uh, interviews. Uh, they could be sitting on the, um, living on the camps for, like I said, the Eritreans were there for mm -hmm. seven years. Well, this gives us some uh, solid background on your movie ser film series here, Movies That Matter. I put my reading glasses on, The Refugee Experience. Uh, tell us about this. We've got about five minutes left. Um, let's let's uh, go into this component and how this sort of bolsters, uh, highlights the work that you do with the refugees uh, of resettlement program uh, and sort of raises public awareness. Sure. Okay. So Anna Hamilton a um, dedicated friend and volunteer uh, of Jewish Family Services and congregant of First Unitarian Church of Wilmington uh, came to me because she personally really uh, felt like this community needed more dialogue, more meaningful dialogue to dispel myth, to ensure that we're welcoming, to ensure that we were all on the same page about who these folks are um, and to not be misguided by some of the dialogue. Um, and we had, we had through our conversation, um, in, inspired this three film series. Uh, we decided to call it Movies That Matter. We selected three films. The first one is called The Good Lie to air October 29th. This is about the Lost Boys of Sudan in the 90s that uh, were forced to walk, the boys walked. Um, to, uh, to get away from uh, a frightening civil war. Uh, the second film is Monday, October 30th, Monday night. That film is called The Impossible. This is also about displacement, but the displacement as a result of a natural disaster, which we just mentioned um, in Sri Lanka. And then the third film is November 4th, the Saturday night. This is our finale film. This is a documentary called The White Helmets. And The White Helmets is about a volunteer rescue team in Syria that is, um, puts on all white to uh, demonstrate that they are nonpartisan and that they exist to, to rescue folks from the rubble. Um, it's, that's a short documentary. The others are full feature films. Um, but that's a short documentary. All of the documentaries will be aired at the Delaware Art Museum. All of them will include special guest speakers. Uh, the first one, Sunday night, we have Dr. Joe Biden, and we have one of the Lost Boys of Sudan, Rev, uh, Reverend Cho, mm -hmm. Choi, Don Choi. Uh, we're so grateful that he is coming to speak about his experience. He was um, resettled in America in 2000. Um, on Tuesday night, we have two professors from uh, the University of Delaware. One uh, is the director of UD's Disaster Relief Center and the other, doctor, that's Dr. Uh, Trisha Wackendorf. Uh, and Dr. Jennifer Trevetti is an anthropologist also connected to the University of Delaware's Disaster Relief Center. Um, those should be some really um, moving conversations, again, considering what's going on in our states right now. Um, with floods and fires and hurricanes. Um, and then on Saturday night, um, we're welcoming Senator Chris Coons, uh, Mark Hetfield, the CEO of Hyas, mm -hmm. and a newly arrived refugee family. Um, we'll talk about their experience over the last six months.
Now, how did you pick these three particular films? I'm sure there are many films on refugee experiences. Well, I'll be honest, you know, Anna really chose the films, but she was adamant that she needed, she wanted to make sure these films were um, gripping. I mean, the first two are Hollywood blockbusters, mm-hmm. and um, they're not necessarily new, but they're well-made, they're, they're good films. You know, people aren't gonna walk out and see, oh, that was boring, or that was long, or that was too wordy of a documentary. They are emotionally gripping, they're well-done pieces of art, and um, we're using these pieces of art because the message in them is exactly what we want to talk about. Um, The last one, The White Helmets, um, a documentary, but it's short, and it's so, and it's very current, and it's, it's again. It's it's a community rallying around the uh, the victims, mm-hmm. which is what we want our community to do. So this film series you are using to sort of highlight uh, some aspects of the refugee problem. If you had a single message, we've got about forty-five seconds left. If you had a single message about uh, the refugee crisis and the role that we can play to help mitigate that, what would it be? I would like your listeners to know that Jewish Family Services depends upon their support, the support of hundreds of volunteers, and the generosity of our entire community to make the transition of those we're welcoming to Delaware a smooth one. And where can people go to find out more information about Jewish Family Services? Please go to our website, uh, JFS Delaware. Org, so that's Jewish Family Services, jfsdeller.org, or follow us on Facebook. We've been using it a lot. Basha Silverman, it's really been a delight having you here on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you.